All right, let's pray together. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much um, for tonight. I thank you for uh, Buckhead Church in the living room, but more importantly, God, I thank you for you, and I thank you for um, what you're doing here and the privilege it is to be here and meet with these students each week. And God, I just pray that you would um, inspire us, God, um, to do great things uh, for you and not for a ministry, um, but I, I pray um, that you would inspire us to live for you because that's the only thing that matters. And Father, I ask right now that you would teach us through your word. And I know we have a lot of scripture to cover tonight. And I just pray by your spirit that you would help us cover it. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to dive into Ephesians. Um, and if you were in a community group, you kind of got this whole deal uh, through um, community groups. But I've been sitting in this passage for literally over a month now. And I've known this passage for a while. I've memorized this passage before at multiple times in my life. And it is like, you know, I thought I knew about it. But when I got into this passage in December, it started changing my perspective. And it started changing. It started causing me to ask questions about my own life. And so if you were at Passion, this might seem like review. But I hope tonight is not just review. I hope it's a challenge to you. And for those of you that weren't at Passion... I believe this is some great truth for us to walk away from tonight. And I want us to share four observations or questions about this passage. But we're going to read the whole thing right now. Ephesians three fourteen through 21. It says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine... According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Now, there is so much here. This could be an entire series for a whole semester. I'm not kidding. And unfortunately, we have one night that I have, now have 16 minutes to unpack this. And so I'm just going to get through it. It starts off, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. And he says, for this reason. And it just, it's like, well, what reason, Paul? Well, you have to know what's going on here. And we didn't get to go through all the context and all of that. But this is a letter written by Paul. And this is his second prayer in this letter. And what he's described in chapters 1 and chapters 2 is he, he said, you know what? You were dead and now I've made you alive. That You were dead in your sin and in your transgressions. And because of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, you have been made alive. But what's amazing about this, and not only that, was, was that Paul said that I've been revealing this mystery to you because God has made me the mouthpiece to proclaim this, this mystery that you are dead and now alive, this really good news, and that this mystery is for all people. It's not just for the Jewish nation. It's for what the term he uses is Gentile. And 
all of us or most of us that we might have some Jewish people in here. And by the way, we're so glad you're here if you're here. But most of us are Gentiles in this room. And what that means is that you're just not a Jew. Okay, that's all it is. And, and Paul says, for this reason. And it's like, what reason is that? He's like, well, you were dead and now I've been, made you alive. That's incredible. And that this message is for everyone. I've made you one family, one group. He says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father in heaven. And so the thing that blows my mind about this, and I just, I just want to just share this, and I don't know if it's going to land for you. But I want to know, why do you pray? Why do you pray? Because when I started studying this in December, I was like, I don't think the reason I kneel or the reason that I pray, because I don't always kneel, the reason that I pray, I don't know if it's the same reason that Paul prays. I usually, just being totally transparent with you, I think usually when I pray, it's usually because I need something. God, can you do this? And Paul's saying, I kneel because of salvation. That's really, really good news. So I'm just, I'm so excited about salvation, that salvation has come, that I'm, I am kneeling before God, whom every family derives its name. And so for me, just to ask the question, why do I pray? And then the second thing is that he talks about this posture of his prayer. And I don't think it's about, I don't think there's so much about, hey, when you pray, you better kneel. I don't, do not hear that in this. But I think there's a sincerity in his prayer that you need to know that, hey, when you come before God, the God who created everything, when you kneel before him, that you come with a sincere heart. And it just convicted me about prayer, that I should be sincere in my posture before God. And I just think Paul knows God in a way that I don't know God. And I, I think he had a little advantage, I'll be honest with you, because he had an encounter with the living Jesus Christ face to face. Okay, so I'll give him that. I'll concede that to him. Yeah, you have an advantage. You met Jesus face to face when you were per- persecuting him. That's pretty amazing. But I think he understands God's power in a way that I don't understand God's power. And it makes me wonder why, you know, am I praying to the same God that Paul's praying? And I would say yes to that answer, by the way. But, but it just makes me go, man, my faith isn't big enough. So I just want you to think about tonight. Why do you pray? And how do you pray? What does that look like? Moving on, we've got to keep going. Does Christ dwell in every area of your life? What am I talking about here? Verse 16 and 17. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit, in your inner being. Verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, here's the thing that just rocked me again when I was studying this. I used to pray this prayer all the time for my non-believing friends. I got a hold of this passage uh, in the 90s, and it, it kind of, I, I, I become a Christian. A few years after I become a Christian, I started praying this prayer for my friends who didn't know Christ. And what blew me away when I was studying this is that Paul is praying this prayer for believers. I don't know if you thought about that before, but it's amazing and we don't have time to go into it. But if you want to do a little research on this passage and on this letter, go read Acts 
chapter 20, verse 18 through 37. I'll say it again, Acts 20, 18 through 37. And it records this encounter that Paul has with the Ephesian elders. It's the last time he's ever going to see them. And he, they're, they're bawling. He tells them, I'm on my way to Jerusalem. And by the way, when I show up, they're going to arrest me. And this is going to be the last time you're going to see me. He tells them that. They start weeping. They walk him back to the ship. It is an incredible encounter. But what you see in that is his love for the Ephesians. And it's amazing. And, and the thing that I, just blew my mind, he lived with the, in Ephesus for three years. So he knew their faith. I mean, he calls them saints. And he says, he's praying that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith. So we get, what does that mean? What does it mean for Christ to dwell in their hearts? It means that, that he would take up residence. That's what the word is, residence in your life. That he would be at the center of everything. So does Christ dwell in every area of your life? Like, have you given him control of everything? I mean, you, you've given him control tonight, but how about, you know, on the weekend? Or how about your dating relationship? Does he rule in that? Does he reign in that? Is he at the center of that? Does Christ dwell in every area of your life? We've got to move on. Verse 17. Again, 17b. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And here's the thing I want you to see in this. God's love for you is more than you currently know. Right now. I'm convinced that God's love for you is more than you currently know. It's like, what do you mean by that? Well, this prayer is amazing. I mean, this is incredible, and this just blows my mind about this prayer. Paul asked God to give you power, to give me power, to give the saints in Ephesus power to understand how vast God's love is. Okay, and we're going really, really fast here, okay? So I need you to, I need you to fully engage and make sure that you get this, because this is critical for you to understand that God's love is so amazing that you cannot understand it. That's how incredible God's love is for you. His love is so amazing that your human finite mind cannot grasp how great God's love is for you. Yes, we can tell you that Jesus died on a cross for you, that Jesus loves you so, uh, that God loves you so much. He gave his only son, all true, but your mind cannot fathom what it means. So Paul prays a prayer and says, you know what? I hope that God, out of his glorious riches, out of his riches, we grant you the power to understand how much he loves you. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing because his power is so incredible that we can't fathom it. We can't fully grasp it. We cannot fully grasp it unless... Unless we have God's power in our life. Which is really, really cool. The other thing about this passage, or, or before I just say this, before I get to the other thing that's amazing, I just I want to say, all of you, many of you, many of you believe this. You're like, oh no, I know God's love is amazing. 
I know it. You know it in your mind. You know the scriptures. You know the truth. You sing the songs about God's love. But you really don't believe it. Because you've got some, you've got some baggage, something in your life that you're like, but I did this. Or but this happened to me. And surely if this happened to me, God would never accept me. God would never love me. And there's some of you and you're like, you don't know about this, what I've done. You don't know what I gave away. You don't know about how I lived in sin for so long. And I'm just telling you, that's not, that's a lie if you believe that. I mean, Scripture is clear. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. And some of you need to know that tonight. Some of you need to know that God's love is so amazing. It is so high. It is so long. It is so wide. It is so deep that you cannot outrun the love of God. It never gives up on you. It will always be there for you. The second thing about this passage, this part of it, is that this is not a petition, this is not a prayer that you would love God more. He's not saying, I pray that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. All he's saying is that you would understand it, which is simply that you cannot do anything but receive it. That's all it is. Receive God's love. Amazing, amazing. Okay, got to keep going. I'm almost there. I'm almost home. We're going to make it, I think. Really, really excited about that. (laughs) Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. That's amazing, by the way. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And again, those two verses right there could be an entire semester of the living room and continue on if we really wanted to unpack it all. But the thing that I want you to take away tonight is that our capacity to produce has limited our capacity to dream. Our capacity to produce has limited our capacity to dream. Well... What do you mean by that? Well, I'm just saying that, like, God is a God who can do immeasurably more. And everything that we think up, everything that we try to dream up is measurable. I mean, I I don't know if that lands with you, but everything... You know, I, I, I want so badly like to tie this all together and like uh, rally the troops and be like, you know, hey, God's going to do immeasurably more in your life. You, who, who wants to do immeasurably more? And if God did immeasurably more, can you imagine what that would be like? And it's like, no. You can't imagine it. Because he can do, he's a God who can do more than what you can imagine. Which is incredible. So, this is the thing you need to know. Immeasurably more is possible because our God is immeasurably able. Immeasurably more is possible because our God is immeasurably able. 
And I'm just wondering tonight, for some of you, do you believe that God can do immeasurably more in your life? Do you believe that God can do immeasurably more in your life? Like, do you really believe that? Like, I know you're listening and he's like, man, he's trying to do this talk in 17 minutes. That's crazy. Like, like we need to like go to grad school to understand all these things, this passage, because it's like amazing, the truth that's in this, these things and the stuff that I've skipped over. Yeah, it's amazing. But what I want to know is, do you believe that God can do more in your life, immeasurably more in your life? Because that's the kind of God he is. And to be honest with you, I really believe he wants to do that in all of our lives. And I don't know what it is. I mean, again, it's crazy for me to offer the challenge to say, you know, what would your life look like? What would your life look like? Where's Ladarius? Ladarius, are you in the room? Ladarius Pugh? You're in the way to the back. You were up front a second ago. You got in the back. Ladarius, you're in the band, right? All right. You can stand up and say, everybody say hello to Ladarius, all right? All right. All right, Ladarius is at Georgia State, and, and you know, and I could say to Ladarius, I'm like, man, I, he's in the band at Georgia State, and, you know, Ladarius, if, if you just, you know, start praying this prayer, God's going to, like, do immeasurably more in your life, and I think, you know, if you did that, you would, like, lead all the band members at Georgia State to Jesus, you know, because that would be immeasurably more, but it's like, no, that's not immeasurably more, I mean, that's, like, would be amazing, but we can measure that to some degree, you know, I mean, it's like we, we took care of the band, you know? And it's like, it's like, well, maybe we take down the campus of Georgia State, you know? Could we take down the campus of Georgia State and be like, ah, that would be a miracle of God, you know? But you could measure it. Now, you couldn't measure what would happen if that happened. You couldn't measure, in fact, if you're just going back to the band, you couldn't measure what would happen in the relationships outside of that. But that's the kind of God we're serving. That he wants to do more than you can dream. And that fires me up. It fires me up. For, and not just, it doesn't fire me up for you, even though it does fire me up for you. It fires me up for me. That God can do immeasurably more. And it doesn't matter where you are in life. And it doesn't matter what pit you've been in or what sin you've been taken down by. I'm just telling you, our God wants to do more in your life. But do you believe that God wants to do immeasurably more in your life? So we're going to, the band's going to come. Come on up, man. I see you guys eager to get back up here. Come on. But I just, I, I want us to close and I want us to think about two things here. Okay. First of all, there's some of you in the room and we're going to do an invitation and you're, there's a lot of you new here and we don't do invitations that often. I'll be honest with you, but I just think this is really, really important. But there's some of you in this room tonight. I mean, two, two invitations coming. First invitation is this. There's some of you who don't really believe that God loves you. And you need that prayer. You need God's power to fully understand how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of Christ for you. 
And I just want to pray for you. And this is crazy, and this is bold, and this is different. But if, you, if that's you, I just want you to stand up right where you are. That you would like, I would love that prayer. I would love for God to give me the power to understand how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. So if you want that prayer, can you just stand right now? awesome anybody else Well, I'm going to pray, and I would love for you to pray for these people. And maybe somebody didn't stand, and that's okay. If you didn't stand, if you want to stand, you can stand in the middle of the prayer. That's fine. Maybe you came with a friend, you're embarrassed about it. That's okay. But uh, I just want to pray for each of these students that have stood. Father, I thank you for each of these students. I thank you for their boldness, God. I thank you for their transparency, God. And God, I just pray that you would shower down by your Spirit your comfort, your peace, your love. That they would know and experience your love for them, God. And I know that that has to come through the power of you. And so we're just asking for that. We're asking that you would come by your spirit. And God, I just pray for any voice of the enemy or any voice of the past or voice of family or whatever or old relationships that say, but you did this. Or you've got this sin. God, I pray that that would just be shut up, God, by you, by the truth of you, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But only conviction. And sometimes the road of conviction can be hard, but it always leads to healing, God. And so I just pray that you would shower down your love on these that have stood. And they would receive your love tonight, God. And so we're just asking by your spirit and the power of Jesus, the son of God, who's risen from the dead, that you would do this in Jesus' name. The second group of people that are in the room tonight that I just want to invite you to stand as well is that if you want God to do immeasurably more in your life, I'm just wondering if you would just say, I want that prayer. I want to pray that tonight. I want to pray that God would do immeasurably more in my life. And I don't know what that's going to take for you. You don't know what that's going to take for God. I don't know what you're going to have to like lay down for that to happen. But, but it doesn't matter what's going to need to take place. All I'm saying is if you have the desire to say, God, I want immeasurably more. Of you. I want you to do immeasurably more in me. Would you just stand right now and I want to pray for you? Let's pray together. God, we're so limited in our minds, God. 
And I just thank you for all of these students, God. I thank you for every single one. And God, I just pray, God, that, that you would do immeasurably more, God. That you, the God who created the heavens and the earth, and that you created every individual in this room. You know each of us by name. You know every hair on our head. You are sovereign. You are in control. You reign and rule. And God, I just pray your power would come in each of us and that you would give us greater faith today, God, to believe you, that we would call out to you, that we would pray bigger prayers because you're a powerful God. You have defeated the enemy, God. And that's true today. And though we're still in a battle, you, we know who's victorious, God. And so we just ask that you would come, do immeasurably more in our lives, God. And that would you lead us by your spirit of conviction, that you would show us the path, the road to walk. That you would blow our dreams away, God. Because you want to do so much through each of us, God. That you want to glorify your name in all the earth through each of us. And so, God, I just pray that we would follow you with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our souls. That we would trust that you were good, that you were great, that you were in control. And that you have far greater plans than our plans could ever be, God. And we're trusting in the God who is able to do immeasurably more. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.